Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. All right, what's up everybody and welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. This is Seth Martin, your host. Thank you for joining me this evening. Glad you're here and so happy you're listening. Well, first of all, I just want to say I hope everybody had a fantastic Thanksgiving. Even though I come on this program often and complain about our government, about the loss of liberty, and how just nothing seems to be able to work in the in the direction of liberty, I am thankful uh, for this great country and what it stands for. It's not the way it currently is, but it does stand for something great. Uh, a free people, a productive people, um, a people that are freedom-loving and caring for people all around the world. I mean, we're still, we're still like the most generous nation in the world. It's hard to explain the the bloodlust we have for bombing other countries and and things like that. And I I think most of this happens with just people really not knowing what's going on in the world. Uh, Most people don't know anything about Yemen or Libya or Syria or any of these places in the Middle East. Um, They don't know where the South China Sea is. You know, there's just a lot of things that people who get to vote don't know, which is part of the problem in, in America. But I am thankful and thankful for my family. Uh, we have a lot to be thankful for in this country. That said, we have some major issues. And today what I wanted to do was just play some audio from a woman who posted on TikTok, which is Unusual. I, I myself don't have a TikTok account, but there's a lot of posts from TikTok that end up on X, formerly Twitter. And I, I do see a lot of TikTok videos, um, at least the ones that people post on X. And I, I want the reason I wanted to play this is because I, I just thought that this is something that what this woman is talking about. She's talking about the economy and she's talking about her family struggle. And I think this is something that a lot of people are feeling in America. And I I just want to play it, one, because if you're feeling this way, you're not alone. This is very, very common. Even though you look around and you see people eating out in restaurants and you see people driving new cars, a lot of people are going to lose some of this stuff um, in, in the very near future. The cars are going to go back to the banks. The credit cards are going to get taken away from them. Uh, a lot of these restaurants are going to go bankrupt because they're not going to have the patrons they used to have. There, there's just a there's a there's a level of non-reality that Americans are living in due to their ability to garner credit, and this is this is coming to an end. And so the question is, is what, what should we do about it, right? What, 
what is it that Americans should be focused on um, so that we can improve this situation, not just for ourselves, but for our posterity? I mean, this is, this is not going to be a great place for our children to grow up in unless we can get it back under control. And getting it back under control is going to require uh, some education for the voting Americans. Okay, let's, if you don't plan to vote, you don't, you know, you got people in your family that don't vote. We're not talking about those people. Okay. We're talking about people that vote <clears throat> because right now that's the only legitimate way that we can direct, um, our so-called leaders in a direction that we, the people want to see the country go in. And I've talked on this program quite a bit about how we don't live in a free market. This is not capitalism. And rest assured, when the fit hits the shan, so to speak, uh, there's going to be a lot of blaming of capitalism, unbridled capitalism is what you're going to hear about. And you're going to hear about the breakdown in the free market and why there needs to be more regulation so that, so that uh, consumers are treated more fairly in this market and and these uh, wealthy tycoons don't run rough shot over us and all this other garbage. That's all just garbage, okay? That's all just talking points. None of it is based in any kind of fact. At least, let me say this, at least in the sense that without the government, these boogeymen that they're talking about can't do anything. They literally can't do anything to us. Only with the power of government can these wealthy people hurt us or do anything to get into our pockets and things, things like that. So I just want to play a little bit uh, from this woman because I think this is very common. This is going on all over America. People feel exactly the way this woman feels. And... You can tell, I'm not going to give it away here, but you can tell that she doesn't know what to do. She just knows there's a problem. And I, I, just, want to, I just want to make sure everybody knows, this is a very dangerous state, okay? When you have a bunch of people that know there's a problem, but they don't know what the problem is, then they can fall for any kind of excuse, okay? This is what happened in 2008. And we had the financial crisis. There was a problem. Some people knew what the problem was and knew that Goldman Sachs and Bank of America and Wells Fargo and uh, Chase and all these banks needed to fail. They needed to file bankruptcy. They needed to collapse. And it just wasn't allowed to happen. And instead, we fell for, we got to do something, you know, the old cry of the socialist. We got to do something. We no in the free market. You don't have to do anything. The free market will figure it out. We have a legal system to deal with bankruptcy and things like that. So I just want to caution everybody that this is going to happen again. In fact, it's going to be bigger probably this time because we didn't let it correct last time. The market is the structure of the market, the structure of our economy is all screwed up. 
it's got way too many government fingerprints all over it. And there are entire lines of production that are just not sustainable. It's so funny that the government that talks about sustainability is, is literally interfering in an economy that is unsustainable. It literally is unsustainable. So I just wanted to play a little bit from this woman. Let her see if you can. I mean, I have a lot of empathy for this woman. I feel her pain. I Sometimes I feel like this. I feel like the bank account doesn't have any money in it before I get paid again. And I'm sure everybody can relate to that. So without further ado, I'll start playing her audio and we'll come back in a couple of times and uh, follow it up with some conversation. I don't know why I'm making this video, but I feel like my husband and I are doing everything right. We both have good jobs. I'm a nurse. I'm a registered nurse. I work full time. He works full time. We just got paid this past Friday, right? We paid the mortgage, bought some groceries, put some gas in the car. And guys, it is Tuesday. And we have like two or three hundred dollars to last us until next Friday. Like, we don't live in a big house. We we live in a little just a little ranch. It's eleven hundred square feet, three bedrooms, one bath, us and our two kids. And like I don't I don't know what to do. Like I'm in school full time. I work full time. He works more than full time. He works overtime every week. I don't know what to do. Man, you know, my heart just breaks for this woman. You know, she's she's got a family. She's concerned about her family. She's working herself to the bone. And her husband's working himself to the bone. And, you know, they got paid on Friday and four days later, they only had like two or three hundred dollars. I mean, this is a desperate situation, you know. They could lose their house. They could lose their car. I mean, one of them loses their job for some reason or becomes unable to work for some reason. They're giving all this stuff back to the bank. I mean, this is a very desperate situation. And there are literally millions, tens of millions, hundred, multiple tens of millions, more than a hundred million people that are living just like this in America or worse. Okay. Or worse. And you can tell that she senses that something is broken in the economy, that this is just not right. There's something wrong in the economy. And she's right. There is something wrong in the economy. There's too much government in the economy. You know, Peter Schiff famously tells a story about his grandfather. um, No, his great-grandfather came to America from wherever his family's from. I can't remember. And he lived in New York City and worked as a carpenter. And his wife stayed home. She was a homemaker. And they had a live-in maid. And there were five children. 
five children. Can you imagine living in New York City, having five children, married with your wife staying home, and a live-in maid? And he was able to do all that on a carpenter's salary. So ask yourself, what happened? Where, where, why is that lifestyle not possible in America anymore? What went wrong? Well, in short, the money system went wrong. You know, we're talking about the late 1800s, early 1900s that Peter Schiff's great uh, grandfather, not great grandfather, grandfather came to America. We were under a gold standard. You you didn't have to invest. People people back then didn't invest in the stock market. They just took some of the money they made and stuck it in the drawer, put it in the Bible, you know, opened up the Bible and put some bills in there. That's how they saved. And they did just fine. And we live now in this this money society that really doesn't have money at all. We, we're all chasing money that's actually not money. These are pieces of paper that are worthless. And not only are they worthless, but the government's undermining their value on a daily basis and making them more worthless every single day. And this is untenable, as you can hear in this woman's voice. I mean, she's at her wit's end. I mean, I, I fear for people like this that just give up and, you know, eat a bullet or hang themselves from a rope or something. I mean, this is, these are very desperate types of things, but here's the problem. Well, I tell you what, we're going to talk about that in a minute because she does talk about politics here in a minute. And so I want to, I want to talk about our, our remedy of this situation and, and, and how do we go about doing it? How can we get control over this beast that has run roughshod over our liberty. And let me be clear. If you don't have economic liberty, you don't have liberty. You are not free. If you can't, if you're, if you're, if you're living so hand to mouth and so such at a desperate level financially, you're not free. It's just a different type of bondage is all that is. I'm so stressed out. (laughs) (laughs) this isn't how it's supposed to be you know growing up we were told you know go to college get a degree work to support your family here we are did that now what now what (laughs) I'm not into politics I I don't follow it. Frankly, that stresses me out, too. But, like, I don't know. Somebody, somebody has to do something to change this because, like, I make good money. He makes good money. We don't live above our means. We're, I, I don't know what less than paycheck to paycheck is. What, what is that? Poverty. As a registered nurse. With a husband. With a second income. He doesn't make as much as I do, but... 
He still works and brings home good money. I wanted to play all that because, you know, the more you hear, the more you might be able to relate to. I, I don't know what your personal situation is. I, mean, I'm, I just know that a lot of people are in this very situation. Now, I want, to, I want to switch gears to the politics part of it. And she says, look, I don't, I don't know politics. I'm, I don't follow it. That stresses me out, too. And here's the problem. A lot of you may feel that way. A lot of you may feel like, I don't want to get involved in politics. It's too complicated, and I don't want to have to keep track of it. The problem is, though, there are people that are okay with acting on your behalf, right? Think Hillary Clinton or John Kerry, or Elizabeth Warren, okay? And all these people have to do is get votes. Now, this woman, she says, somebody needs to do something. Well, how does she know, for example, that Elizabeth Warren, you know, might have the right solution? How does she know whether that's the right solution or somebody else has the right solution? And, and this is the fundamental problem in America is everybody gets to vote. Whether you have knowledge or not, if you, if you can fog a mirror, mirror, you can vote in America. And therein lies the problem. And so democracy is a, is a problematic system. Now, we still have some level of republicanism, albeit small, okay, uh, in 1917, we we passed an amendment, 17th Amendment, that got rid of the way we elect senators. We used to, they used to be appointed by the state legislatures, so it was a very political process, and the states had a representative in the federal government. Today, that no longer exists. The senators are popularly elected, just like the people's representatives are popularly elected by election. And the president's popularly elected. So everybody's popularly elected. Now the the president, we still have the electoral college, but that's just barely, I mean, that's only slightly out of line with the majority. And so we've got a system where we think it's virtuous to vote I don't know, stuff away from some people and give it to ourselves. I mean, that's essentially what we have. Uh, We've got elderly people that think it's okay to continue to vote for Social Security and run anybody out of office who's willing to entertain some sort of uh, system that's outside of the, the, the current system. They'll just vote them out. And, and I understand voting your interest I understand that, but there's got to be a way that people can understand kind of the root cause of all this and, and also understand that it's just not sustainable. There's no way America will survive our current uh, way of doing things. And the dangerous part of all this is when the fit hits the shan as I said earlier, probably that's when we're going to get a digital currency. And then we're really in America prison. Okay? Once, once they have a digital currency and take away cash, and maybe they don't even take away cash. Maybe they say, you know what? 
you can have your transactions under 300 bucks. But, you know, $300 in 20 years will be $30. It'll be like spending $30 today. So that is not a, that's not a solution that, that we can, you know, move toward freedom under. And so people are going to have to understand that the central bank, the federal reserve, the fact that the, the federal reserve can just create money from nothing, from nothing. Think about the power associated with that. Just take a bond from the treasury and sell it for real money. And when I say, but when I say real money, what I mean is you're selling it to people who had to do something of value to earn that money to buy the bond. That's what I mean by real money. Real money is always money that was earned by doing productive work, whether that's physical work or a service or a product, making a product, selling a product. That's all comes under the category of productive work. By definition, all productive work yields real money. And the problem is the government can sell debt to the public and to people in other countries for money created out of nothing, and they'll pay real money for it. And that's a problem because that, over time, expands the money supply. It makes your gasoline more expensive. It makes your food more expensive. It makes everything more expensive. And this is just not sustainable. Our productivity has been whittled away to nothing. I mean, think about the carpenter that was able to sustain, raise and sustain a family of five and be married and have a live-in maid on a carpenter's salary in New York City at the turn of the last century. That's how much of your productivity has been whittled away by government. So it matters what we do. And, and people need to know that this is the source of their misery so that they don't fall for some BS answer that comes from Elizabeth Warren or Hillary Clinton or John Kerry or P, uh, Mike, uh, uh, what's his name, Adam Schiff, all these liars that are in Congress. Oh, you know, while I was in school, all I could think about was it'll get better. It'll get better after I graduate and I start working. And, you know, we'll be able to pay our bills. We'll, we'll be able to not check the bank account if our kids say, Mom, can we go to the movies this weekend? Just be comfortable. And we're not. We're, we're not. At all. I don't know. I know there's been a lot of videos on TikTok about people, you know, talking about the economy and... Um, you know, just how out of control prices are right now. Um, we're all talking about it. I feel like none of the people that talk about it because we live it have any influence or power or anything to, to change things. But, you know, what, what are, what are we going to do? <laughs> we're too worried about how we're going to buy dinner for tonight. I don't know. Feel free to share this video talk about it more. Well, I've got bad news for this woman and for anybody listening. It's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse 
unless we can change it. And we can't change it if we don't understand what the problem is. And this to me is the single biggest problem facing America outside of World War III, causing World War III. We need to, I mean, there's really two things we need to do. One, we need to make sure our foreign policy is friendly, okay, that we get along with people, other people in the world. Notice they're, notice I called them people, okay, because they're people just like we are people. And they just happen to be a different skin color, speak a different language, but they're, they're all part of the human race. And what we need to do is not see some threatening interest around every corner that we look. We need to get along with other human beings on the planet. And we need to trade with them. And we need to work together to all be more prosperous. The other thing we need to do is we need to get rid of the fiat money system. And that doesn't mean go digital currency. Digital currency is just fiat money in the digital realm. I'm talking about go to gold. Um, you can keep U.S. dollars, okay? There's nothing wrong with keeping the U.S. dollar. We can still trade little green pieces of paper. But all of our trade should be settled in either Bitcoin or gold. We'll just go back to what worked. And what worked was if you printed, if you printed money against your own trade balances, then gold would flow out of your country and into some other country who wasn't doing that. And this is how you accumulate gold over time. And this is also how certain countries could experience hyperinflation where other countries didn't. And this is where we need to go. This is how we need to do it. Now, the problem is, as I mentioned earlier, everybody gets to vote. And, I mean, let's just be honest. We live among probably the dumbest Americans that have ever been America in America. And that is going to be a challenge. It's going to be a real challenge because traditionally what people do when they, when there's a crisis, you know, there's, there's, there people get desperate and they, they look to a strong man. Okay. This is part of the appeal of Donald Trump is he's our savior. You know, he's going he's gonna to save us. But I'm going to tell you right now, if Donald Trump doesn't understand these two problems, well, I think he understands the war problem. I think he's very clear on that. Donald Trump is, he, and I've talked about this on the program before, he has a whole career of cooperating with other people in other countries around business. And businesses, you can't do business without cooperation. So I think Donald Trump understands that war is bad for business. And that's, quite frankly, that's all he needs to understand about that. And he'll be fine. But the other thing he needs to understand is our money system is corrupt to the core. It, it, it creates a, a wealthy class at the expense of the, pro, uh, the productive class's uh, productivity. And it's just not a fair system. Um, this is people like Robert Reich, you know, I've criticized Robert Reich a lot on this program. He's, he's got the right problem. He's identified the right problem, but he wants, he wants to tax. He wants to tax the wealthy. Well, that just gives the government even more resources. 
that it can use to spy on us, uh, take our liberties, regulate us into non-existence, okay? The federal government needs fewer resources. That's what, the more resources the federal government has, the fewer resources we have as individuals. There is a direct correlation to that. As the government takes more and more, they have to take it from somewhere. They either take it from taxes or our prosperity in terms of inflation, or they take it from us in the future in terms of debt. This is just the way it works. It's like a balloon. You squeeze it here, it gets bigger over there. There is no free lunch. There is no way to get more out of something that only has a finite amount of in it. There's just It's just not possible. But in the fiat money system, it is. But the problem is, is that there's only more for government. There's not more for us as individuals. They spend all that money. They demand all those resources from the economy. And they do it at our expense. Maybe somebody who, you know, can do something about it will see one of our videos. <laughs> Hundreds, thousands, I'm sure, people post every day and, and talk about the economy. And I don't want to get into the politics with it, so don't come on my comments talking about Biden and Trump. And I, I don't want to hear it. it. It's not about that. Maybe it is about that, but either way, I don't want to hear about it. I just want to share our struggle. And, you know, maybe um, maybe someone else can relate. I, I don't know. Maybe we just need to support each other until things change. I don't, I don't know. Listening to her talk reminds me of Atlas Shrugged. You know, there's a scene where he says, well, we'll just wait till things will get better. And the guy says, how will they get better? I don't know. They'll, you know, we'll wait till they change. Things change. And, and he says, well, who's going to change them? <laughs> you know? And he says, well, I don't know, but you'll do something. Okay. And of course the do something is the, um, is what the politicians count on. They count on this woman and her husband figuring out a way that they can survive so that they can live to fight another day. They're parasites, okay? Without this woman and her husband struggling to earn money and pay taxes, people in government wouldn't survive. They only survive off of our productivity. But there's nothing, there's nothing inherent about the direction we're going in that will, de- that will deliver any kind of change. And we have to change it. You know, freedom, freedom and liberty are, are things that you have to uh, continuously fight for. Because the status quo is not liberty. The status quo is uh, a strong man, you know, like a neighborhood bully. Okay, just think of government as as a big bully. And so that's the status quo. The status quo is somebody's going to emerge like a gangster. It's also another good analogy for the government. And they're going to claim power. Now, this woman doesn't want to deal with the politics of it. But the problem is the politics. It's the very thing that's getting in the way of our liberty, our freedom. 
It's, it's, it's starting to cost us. The truth is it's always been costing us, but now it's costing us to the point where we can't, we can't really do anything about it. You know, we can, I don't know, move our children into the house. Uh, I mean, Asians did this when they first moved to America, right? They had everybody work, everybody lived in the house together and they all pitched in. But you know, when you look at it, you got six incomes, you know, maintaining a household. Well, now today you're you're solidly in a two-income household, and in some in, some households people are working two jobs. So you got two people working two jobs. You got four incomes just to maintain a household. Well, in another twenty years, this is not going to be sustainable because you're going to need another two incomes to maintain your household. And and what are you going to do? You're going to move in another family, and I mean, I guess you could do that. But this is just not going to sustain. And the, the, the really dangerous part about this whole deal is people are going to start clamoring for change. And without knowing, without insisting in a particular direction of change, we're going to get the Barack Obama change you can believe in, which didn't do anything. Okay? Just kind of sprinkled some fairy dust on what they were doing to hide it a little longer so they could all get rich at our expense and go on to live in Martha's Vineyard in a $12 million house. You know, I mean, is that the change you thought you were voting for when you voted for Barack Obama? Not likely. So just think about this a little bit. Start talking about the Federal Reserve. Read what has government done to our money by Murray Rothbard? Read The Creature from Jekyll Island by uh, G. Edward Griffin. Uh, Ron Paul has a good book called The Fed. It's a very easy read. Read Ron Paul's book, The Fed. We've got to start educating ourselves on this subject and insist that our government comes back to some sort of honest money system. All right, everybody. Thanks for coming in. I really enjoyed talking to you. I hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving. Be safe during the holiday season and enjoy yourselves and your family. Peace.